It is Locked On Jazz for the 7th of June. A little gratitude toward Quinn Snyder and his tenure with the Utah Jazz. Takeaways from the press conference with Ainge, Ryan Smith, and Quinn Snyder will take our time. And Bet Online has their list of coaching favorites for your Utah Jazz. It's all coming up next on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, the live audience on YouTube for you, the podcast audience forever your convenience. The comment section always rolling. Please leave us five stars or a thumbs up, whatever it might be. Uh, as I went back and thought about yesterday's uh, show after the press conference, uh, my, my thought a little bit was that maybe we didn't, in yesterday's show, kind of in the midst of everything, um, give everyone, like give Quinn Snyder maybe enough of the gratitude or recognition or take enough time to kind of remember uh where he where we were when he took over what he took over and what he did I I made kind of one snide comment yesterday in the show and and I don't think that was probably appropriate to to understand I mean I think we really have to have a moment here as it came as it, as clear you know it's it's come to an end the shock's over this is the reality what you know i think at least i feel it's appropriate to take a, a last moment to really give some gratitude to Quinn Snyder for what he did he he took over a franchise that really was was not good right like it was it was we were we were in the worst spot we've been in a while the Jerry Sloan sudden retirement had kind of really rocked us Dennis Lindsay had started a rebuild process and then hired Quinn Snyder um, as the head coach, and it was a it was a rudderless, cultureless team in after being twenty five and fifty seven. And Dennis Lindsay had been with us for about a year, but he hadn't really put a stamp on anything yet. And then Quinn came and put the stamp. Um, uh, on the you know on the team and who they and and where they are and who they are and was able to you know I think in in that's that's the first thing is that he led us in a direction out of where the franchise was and and put a stamp on what the franchise was going to become and I think that's the first thing and that puts us in a you know a great position to have success uh, as a franchise today with whoever the next head coach is going to be for the Utah Jazz because this person it now has the opportunity to take over and a a team that has had a culture and a progress and done some of those kind of things. So I think that's that's the first one. It's really a memory um of where it 
where the franchise was. I mean, if you go back and look at that roster, and I, the snide comment I made the other day is, is you know, we started Dante Exum simply because he wasn't he wasn't Trey Burke. You know, that's kind of where it was at that point. We we drafted Trey Burke, and it just wasn't working, and we weren't going anywhere. Gordon Hayward then emerges into a heck of a player. He develops Rudy Gobert, and three years later, they're fifty-one and thirty-one, and they win the first round of the playoff series over the LA Clippers. And then you know we're really struck with a moment there where stunningly Gordon Hayward leaves and the franchise is on. I mean, it feels like it is over and he Rodney hood is going to be our guy. And he rebuilds this thing around Rudy and Donovan and builds it up. And again, they win 48 games and they win another playoff series. And now you've got this kind of, you know, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, you're figuring out how to play with two bigs. There wasn't another coach in the league at that point that had a roster that had two big guys that couldn't dribble, couldn't pass, and couldn't shoot. Like, that. that's not where the league was heading at that point. We were starting Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, and had, you know, had two guys that couldn't dribble, couldn't pass, couldn't shoot. And then, like, when you go back over the years, the stretch fours were Joe Johnson, Tabo Cephalosha, Jonas Jerebko, you know, finding a way to make this work and just maximizing the most out of every player that this team had. It gets stonewalled again, you know, with Houston, with in the matchup with Houston on a year in which the Jazz were the number one defensive team in all of the NBA in 18-19. And then by the time we hit the 21-22 season, they've been completely rebuilt. And the same coach has taken the Jazz to be the number one defense in entirely the NBA. I mean, that's that's a pretty incredible accomplishment, and it's why Quinn will get whatever job he wants. Um, there just aren't a lot of coaches who've turned you into the number one offense and the number one defense in the NBA. And so we were given, out of a franchise that kind of, you know, no, no offense to, like De- Dennis hadn't put his stamp on anything yet in that first year. We were pretty rudderless. We were basically you know, tanking for Dante Exum. And then we, our rudder was Quinn Snyder for eight years. This guy gave us high quality basketball, gave us a vision, gave us a hope, played jazz basketball, which he talked about was this ball movement and this obvious unselfishness that we really saw for until this last year when that just didn't happen. And that's probably where, you know, Quinn consistently has said like, you know what, like the, they need a new voice. I mean, no one asked who stopped listening and and when they stopped and, and why they need a new voice. But it's clear that Quinn just felt he didn't have the mechanism by which to be able to to get across what he wanted to with this group any longer as it as it's constructed right now, or maybe the uncertainty of how it's gonna be constructed was enough to do this, or maybe it's just time, right? Like I think that that the concept there is fine. But staying on the theme of like what this guy gave us is he gave jazz basketball an importance. We are on Christmas Day on two different occasions. We were in the playoffs for six straight years. We won, I think, the third most amount of games in the last six years. At one point, we'd won the most. Um, only Milwaukee at that point had won more games than us. You can, if you'd like to, you're welcome to zero in on the on the difficulties of this team in the playoffs. That's fine. But on the other end, I think you can really look at 
this as a, an incredible eight-year run, particularly the last six of just awesome entertainment, a, a viable team, a team that uh, was relevant in the NBA, that was had all-star players, had multitude of, of all-star players, four different ones um, that, you know, Mike Conley finally makes an all-star team. Donovan becomes an all-star. Rudy, Gordon Hayward, and a franchise that, you know, I think it, it was relevant. There's a lot of franchises that exist that aren't relevant. And that, to me, is the gratitude. Like, the thank you for eight years of leadership, six years of incredible basketball, really gives us uh, where we are today and a franchise that is in a terrific position to move forward because of what, you know, Quinn did with this franchise. So I thought, you know, yesterday was very kind of pragmatic and Quinn resigns and, you know, what what he said in his statement and what's next. And I just thought it was really important. We took a moment before we start breaking down every coach and every different thing around there and take a second and just, wow, what a run. Thank you. Incredible. What a level of basketball. What an incredible you know, played the game right. We are so proud of Jazz basketball. I mean, it's interesting to hear there's such kind of uh about last year's group and how they played because it was such in contrast to what we felt so proud about as a as a fandom and as a group um, in the way that the Jazz, you know, the Jazz just didn't play that same way, right? The passes were gone. There were all sorts of things that just didn't have that same oomph to it that uh, the Jazz had um, a year ago. So super interesting to kind of hear the different perspectives on it and really uh, very much uh, appreciate kind of what Quinn did. Um, and then I think the other thing is he frankly made things interesting with his, um, his just incredible intellect. When people talk about Quinn Snyder and they talk about smart, we're not talking normal smart here. We're talking a completely different level of smart than what Fan, well, I mean, this brain is on a totally different level, and it's intellectual both on and off the court. And that that that's he brought that. That it was our unique essence of what we had was this guy Quinn Snyder. And you know, people, it's a kind of a clear. Oh, he's so smart. No, this this is different. This is John Nash, beautiful mind. This is uniquely uh, running at a speed that's unprecedented. Running at a um, with a thought process that's unprecedented and is unique in of himself, and you know probably at times is a curse as much as it is a blessing. Um, if we really want to delve into it, but that's truly what we had with Quinn Snyder. I had about eight or nine takeaways um, from yesterday's press conference, including uh, the impact of the Millers being there. Um, I think the impact, uh, some interesting comments from Danny Ainge. Um, as well as Quinn Snyder and, a, and, and the key comment of all from Ryan Smith. So we'll have that for you as we continue. Tuesday edition of Locked on Jazz is brought to you by our good friends at Murdoch Hyundai. Located at 4646 South State Street. Also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdochs have been with Utah for over 80 years. And what are they doing? They're not, We've talked about it before. They're not charging you more than MSRP. Blake has said, I'm not going to be in a circumstance in which I am suddenly... Uh, going to the grocery store, going to church and seeing someone that we took an extra five grand from. We're just not going to do it as a family. It's nice. It's refreshing. It's who the Murdochs are. And the Hyundais are fantastic. I'm driving the Sonata right now and it really is a neat car. Really, really drives fabulously. I was talking to my son about it today. We drove it for a little while. I was like, it's just great. It's a Dan. The Elantra was the North American car of the year. The Palisade is the beautiful 
exquisite SUV with the Santa Fe, which we own two of, um, the Tucson and the Kona. They're all at Murdoch Hyundai. If you're going to stop by, please email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com so we can give you the VIP treatment that you deserve as a locked on listener. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. It is the daily fantasy made easy. Pick five players and over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price picks is safe. And its award-winning app is on the App Store as well as Google Play. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. So go right now. It's not just the NBA. It's college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer offer for our users. You get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. But you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Lockdown fans. Sign up today. Use the code NBA, $50 for free, if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Thanks very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Your second listen of the day. Make it be Locked On NBA Big Board. All right. So here were my takeaways. The first one incredible classiness from the Miller family. For the Miller family to come to this press conference, Gail, Kip was there, uh, Steve was there, uh, really, and then Steve Starks was there, really just shows you, we've always known how great a family that is and, what, and how fabulous Gail is as a human, but it just was a reminder. Like, I thought that was, a, and there was the one time Quinn got really choked up in the press conference was when he he looked over them. And it, it was a, really, to me, it was a stark reminder that eight years ago, when Quinn Snyder took the job as head coach of the Utah Jazz, it was, it was actually a risk. It was a risk to hire Quinn Snyder. Now, Quinn Snyder will be one of the few coaches in NBA history who will have his choice of where he wants to go. Coaches get fired, Quinn Snyder get fired. That was abundantly clear when Danny Ainge said we desperately wanted to keep Quinn Snyder. And he even took a little shot that he expected Quinn to coach this year. I don't know if it was a shot, but kind of a fun little jab that he expected to see him um, out there. I don't know if that'll be the case, but I'm kind of hearing otherwise that Quinn even said, like, I'll be there for Halloween to his kids. Um, it does not sound like Quinn's going to coach um, in this upcoming season. But then the amount of jobs that will open to get Quinn Snyder um, is is somewhat endless. So the first one to me was the real takeaway was to, to Quinn taking that moment. He looked over at the Millers. There was some real emotion to it. Um, you know, Quinn is incredibly introspective. And does, you know, his self-analysis, which I think is why he stepped down and why he said there's time, you know, for another voice. But I think he actually did, like at that moment, remember that that he was a risk at that point. That there had been Missouri, he'd been around, Dennis was taking a risk on him, he was taking, you know, they took a risk and he answered that risk uh, 10 times over. But it was still at that time. Um, I thought Quinn, when I asked him about his footprint. And I thought it was interesting. He talked about building the practice facility. And what he really started to kind of talk about was the brand and the essence of what that practice facility meant to him. And this included like this incredible film room for the players, which were all was 
done in a, a motif that was specific to Quinn and Don Sterling, a former jazz employee, worked with him as a music buff and all the record albums, Derek Gardunia did this with him, record albums, a round of jazz record albums, like the music and this feeling like, hey, we're going to have, mu-, you know, it's not like our basketball of jazz, basketball is the equivalent to jazz music and it's togetherness and it's an orchestra and it's movement. Like all these things to Quinn were so important, these deep intellectual little brands, little messages, codes. If when we read the book Culture Code on the show together and we and we really looked into culture code, I mean, Quinn was the master of it, his own language, his own script, his own codes, his own wording, these little cultural things. Everything around Quinn was done intentionally and with a purpose and with a perception. He, there, there's nobody who's been more aware and aware of people and and, and building that um, than Quinn Snyder. And so that was interesting to hear Quinn talk about that the building, the practice facility and what he built there, the Ritz-Carlton-esque dining area for the players to have meals, the way the line, you know, you're, you're, has incredible health and science stuff in the way that he literally thought about how, well, if you parked your car here and you walked in in this fashion, this was the first things you were going to see and how you were going to feel and all of those things. I mean, this was so important to him as a coach to build those kind of things. The other one was him talking about his own self-analysis and introspective. He's just so aware. He reads a room better than anyone I've ever been around. Um, and understands a room and understands his place in the room and understands where things are going. And I think that's why he stepped away. That's why he just continually said, I, I, you know, I couldn't find a path forward in the Gordon Monson article. And I couldn't, um, and I, and I, you know, and I, they need a new voice. That's Quinn Snyder, the self-analysis, introspective person with that brain power we talked about earlier that's completely unprecedented being able to recognize the room. I thought that was that was really um eye-opening uh there. The the other two the other comments that jumped out um was obviously Ainge making the comment he thought he would coach next year and that Ainge said he desperately wanted him back. And that Ainge also saying hey I've stepped away as a coach and a GM and this guy knows himself better than I'm gonna know him. So respect to the decision that he was making there. Um, but the talk of relationships and, you know, personally, I, I was very touched um, and fortunate to spend that time with Quinn. I was trying to count the amount of dinners we had. It's crazy um, over the years. And and he is, he's a relationship person and he, he builds those and he connects and he's a connector and he's a fixer and he's, um, and he's a helper. I was, uh, heard Spence Chackett's talking about some of this, um, as well. Um, you know, he's, he's a, he's a giver, he's a carer. Um, that's very much, um, who he was. Then the comment from Ryan Smith that I thought was really, really important. We're going to take our time. We're going to get this right. That there really is no value for the Jazz to have a coach by June 15th instead of July 15th. You know, I don't know how long we can talk about it, but that's the truth of the matter. There's no real value about the Jazz having a coach between June on June 15th instead of July 15th. They're, they're not going to make a decision on the draft pick. They're not, which we don't have. They're not, we may have one. For all you know, Quinn's going to get traded between now and then. Um, my understanding is that if Quinn were to coach this year, somebody would have to give the Jazz compensation. So, you know, uh, Quinn's not coaching, but let's, you know, let's see what happens. I think that could, I still think there's a, 
I don't think he's coaching this year from what I'm hearing, but you, the guy's a coach. Um, and I thought, um, you know, I thought that Danny Ainge, I asked him about the through line of Doc Rivers and Brad Stevens and what that through line was. And I am looking forward to an opportunity to talk to Danny about this more. Um, I thought it was really humble of Danny to make the comment that, hey, the first time I'd been playing, I'd played against Doc. I was around the game. Um, I'd done TV. I was super, I was even closer to Doc. And I knew what I was getting. And then when Boston, I was scouting everywhere and out and about all the time. And that's when he saw Brad Stevens. He said, this one's going to be different. And it's got to be more thorough than my past coaching searches because I'm not as connected as I was then or doing the things that are walking me into coaches. So I thought that was a really interesting comment from Danny in regards to kind of where they are in this process and why they could take um, some time in it. And the final takeaway, um, at least for me, was a pretty emotional moment. It was when Quinn walked out. Realized he was never representing the Utah Jazz again. And this guy really, for eight years, has been the face, the brand, the uniqueness that is the Utah Jazz. And that that was stark to me. Like, you know, I've called eight years of games for Quinn Snyder. Done, uh, I was trying to figure it out how many coaches show. We didn't do them this year. So we had seven years of 80, 90 coaches shows. Like... So seven years times 90 is at 630 some odd coaches shows we did together. Three questions. Like I asked him 1800 questions over the years, like probably, um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, and so to see him leave, um, and it was always fun to have Quinn Snyder as part of your group, but you know, he'd, he'd hold a press conference and you could watch the other people walk out like, wow. And you're like, well, we get that every night from him. Um, it was, it was a really nice thing. And to see him walk out and realize he was never representing the jazz organization again, um, was surprising to me. Bet online has given a odds to the jazz coaches. We'll have that for you as we continue next on locked on jazz. Today's show is brought to you by built bar. Right now, you get free built boost with any bar purchase. Their immunity boost, which is about a $15 purchase. Granola bars, coconut or chocolate peanut butter, white chocolate barrier out, and the grasshopper cookie is here. And you get 15% off a sale on the grasshopper cookie. I don't know why grasshopper cookie is on sale. They are so good. Uh, brownie batter puffs still available. Coconut, marshmallow, churros, banana cream pie, all available for you. Plus the regular flavors, coconut, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, coconut, almond, salted caramel. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 4 grams of sugar on your normal Built Bar. Incredible macros, great tasting. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your entire order and your next order after that and your next order after that because there will be more at Built.com. By the way, uh, if you could do me a favor and go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. I'd love it because 
you guys have basically built a network and we are looking to learn more from our, uh, from all of our listeners. And this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcasts. So go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. Everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, here's what Bet Online has for the coaches. The lead four candidates for the Bet Online coaches are Johnny Bryan at plus 300, Terry Stotts at plus 350, Frank Vogel at plus 700, and Alex Jensen at plus 700. Now, the list continues past that. Um, let's talk about these guys for a second. So, Johnny, we all know well. I've had a lot of great times with Johnny. Uh, he and his wife, Vanessa, just absolutely fantastic people. Um, and Johnny's been in New York as an associate head coach. He has no head coaching experience. He's obviously very connected to the franchise. Um, he, he developed himself into a coach. He's just, you know, I actually spoke at one of Johnny's college classes at the U. Like, that's how long I've known Johnny. Um, so he's plus 300. Terry Stotts is really interesting to me. He's a veteran. He was one of the best offensive coaches in the NBA. He was criticized for Portland's defense, and then he left, and their defense was just as bad. So it makes you kind of wonder, like, well, then what do I, you know, what what are we criticizing him for? Um, he runs, he ran a very creative offense. Um, he was the third time head coach uh, by the time he got to Portland. He was in Atlanta for two years and did not have success. He was in Milwaukee for two years and got fired midway through his second year. And then he went and spent nine years in Portland. Um, He was around the franchise recently when he was visiting with Quinn Snyder. Um, You know, they won 50 games on four different occasions. Um, They got to a conference finals. He is, he's a very young, 64 years old. Uh, He's a mellow, calm Guy, he's a kind of, it's an interesting contrast to Quinn um, in the sense that he, uh, you know, he's got the intensity and everything, but he, he's just a little mellower and calmer, but he's also, you know, at the same time, it's kind of, I mean, look, there's Alex Jensen's at plus 700. AJ has the background, obviously been with the franchise forever. Um, he is one, around one of the great coaches of all time in, uh, in Rick Majerus. He is also, um, he also was a Canton Charge head coach, so he has that head coaching experience along the way. Some other names that Bet Online uh, had was Mike D'Antoni at plus 700, Charles Lee, and Charles Lee is the assistant in Milwaukee at plus 800. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, maybe Charles Lee is just going to um, interview great. I don't know the background on Charles Lee and what would make him, you know, um, he grew up in Washington. He's young. He's 37 years old. He's, he went to Bucknell, which is interesting because one of the kind of the jazz have a star on their bench, Brian Bailey, who went to Bucknell. Um, and, uh, Bucknell's a small liberal arts college in Pennsylvania near the Amish, uh, which means, you know, this was not a highly regarded kid. He was able to kind of work his way through um, and played four years of this, goes undrafted and makes himself a playing career overseas and then comes back 
as an assistant at Bucknell. And he spends five years in Atlanta where he's with a lot of the current jazz guys were in Atlanta a lot of that time period. Vince LaGarza, Lamar Skeeter, Jeff Watkinson were all there. And then he goes to Milwaukee 2018 um, on. So he's got the experience of being with Bud, but he's not like on the per se pop tree, but he's kind of got the Bud tree going um, there. Then Bet Online has um, some other interesting names. Uh, Adrian Griffin, former player, has been assistant all over the place. They had Dell Dempson there, which is not likely. Uh, Will Hardy's an interesting name. He's plus 900 on their list. And what's here's what's interesting about Will Hardy. One, um, he was, he's out of the Spurs tree, which does seem to be you know, something that has led to a lot of coaches' success. If you look at, you know, the best coaches in the league right now, Taylor Jenkins and Mike Budenholzer and Quinn Snyder, they're all off the pop tree. Um, Will Hardy's interesting because he left the pop tree and is currently in Boston, which means he's working directly with Austin Ainge. Now, if Austin Ainge suddenly turns around and says to Danny Ainge, this guy's amazing, well, then maybe Will Hardy somehow becomes, has a chance. Now, I've dealt with Will Hardy a bunch because he's been the Spurs assistant, was the Spurs coach in Summer League. Um, he went to a small liberal arts college in Massachusetts called Williams College, which happens to be, if you ever see me wear a hat with a cow on it, that's a Williams College because it's where my son goes uh, right now. So he was a small, and then he went straight to the video room in... Um, in San Antonio and then worked his way up uh, an assistant coach on the bench for four years uh, with Pop. His relationship with Ime Udoka is back to the 2019 FIBA World Cup where they were both on the uh, coaching staff uh, together. And then um, when Udoka took the job in Boston, he brought Will Hardy with him. So, um, that's an interesting, you know, it's a different path, non, non-player be, you know, I wonder if, you know, I don't know that that's a, uh, a, I don't know if they, if the jazz want to go player or not, but that's a name out there. Uh, Jerome Allen is interesting. I think that's another one where when you go back to what Danny Ainge answered the question, you know, he had these connections to people. Um, Jerome Allen, uh, was a guy who kind of is another pretty uh, intellectual guy. He played at Penn, um, bounced around the league for just a short period of time, and then was coaching, I believe, in Boston most recently um, as a uh, as a coach. And so here's a guy that then, you know, touches a little bit of, of that same concept with, of, of who, um, of somebody Danny might know, have a previous feeling about, um, he started his coaching career at Penn as an assistant in 2009 after finishing his playing career and then actually became their interim head coach for a little while and became their permanent head coach um, for five years. I kind of love that. Like, I like these guys that have been had head coaching at some place along the way. That's always been something um, for me. Alan, so after leaving Penn, he then goes and coaches with Boston starting in 2015. So he was there with Danny for a long time after being six years at Penn. I, I think that's an interesting name that's not getting a lot of play, but has a head coaching experience, has been around it before, has the tie to Danny. Both those last two names I think have 
probably are going to get kind of some real interest maybe um, this. Now, Jerome Allen, I think, um, had some issues um, with at Penn. um, And I don't, and so that could be prohibitive, but frankly, Quinn Snyder had some issues along the way. and, And so you, you know, there was a, I think there was a, payment and Medicare and some other things it's probably worth you know knowing better than I know it right now um to keep an eye on that so those are kind of the names the final one is Kevin Young who is interesting because he's got Utah flash ties and um was a head coach in the G League's in there and he's in uh, according to bet online I think David Fisdale's name is another one that probably could get mentioned out here um as well but Kevin Young by the way is um he was actually born in Salt Lake City um so he actually has a, a whole Utah tie to him. He was an assistant at Utah Valley State College to start out his career. And then he becomes the Utah Flash assistant, the Utah Flash head coach. He then becomes an Iowa Energy head coach at Delaware's 87ers head coach. He's then an assistant in Philly from 17, 2017 to 2020. Um, he is, I believe... Uh, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So that's an interesting little aspect on Kevin Young as well. So there you go. There are the candidates according to Bet Online. Maybe maybe the last three are the ones that we should be talking about. Kevin Young, Will Hardy, and Jerome Allen. I got a lot of faith in Danny. He's done it twice. We'll see what he does on this one. It is Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning in, being a part of the program. Be back with you tomorrow. We're here for you every day. Make your second listen, Locked on NBA Big Board, and get ready for the draft. Have a good one.